Today's going to be more of a vulnerable, like, less, we're going to show you how, <laughs> and, like, more, we're going to show you. Wow. <laughs> what? I, don't know. I think you said we're going to show you how and show you wow. Is that what you I said? I said less, less, like, show you how, more, like, show you. Wow. Oh. oh. They, they struck, too. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm not alone. But yeah. But yeah. no, I'm, I'm doing okay. It's been a week. I think both of us can attest. It's been it's been a, a two a couple two weeks. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. With just lots of transition and change and surprises and all of the above. So that's been interesting. But but I'm good though. But it's been interesting. Yeah. No, I think what you said earlier is about the wow they they struggled to, the wow that they, like, I'm not alone in this. I was talking to someone recently, and they're like, I feel like I know you all because I get Aww. to listen to your podcast. And, and they were asking questions about, like, the behind the scenes of, you know, making the podcast or whatever. And I was just telling them the real, like, yeah, we had to reschedule. We had to, like, right. schedule changes, uh, topic changes. Uh, we not feeling it today. We're still real real beings um, with real lives and things like that. And so just kind of, like, confirming that, yeah, people are going to be able to see the real us through this because we hear y'all. <laughs> Right. We are here. We've been here, but we're here. But yeah, I agree with what you said about the last, I would say the probably the last two, yeah, two and a half weeks for me have been ratchet um in a lot of different ways. Right foot. Yeah, it's been it's been it's felt wilderness-ish out here, but it hasn't been the wilderness, but it has definitely been an opportunity um to choose, an opportunity to choose how I was going to show up, in what ways I was going to show up, choose my behavior, my actions, and my words. Um, yeah, it, it's been it's been out here lifing and trifling, um, as you said. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. That was so real. I wrote that, and I was like, that sums it up. <laughs> it did. It made life me chuckle. Been, life been lifing and life been trifling, okay? Um, yeah. So this week, no, last week, (laughs) last week, we um, found out that our dad is getting married. And I did not plan to talk about this today, actually. I did not. Was it on the list, Jess? Was it on the list? No, I'm over here shocked that you even said that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not on the list. Um, but I just felt led to share because it's the real and it's the raw and it's open to the public. So I mean, it's been posted and all that. So I think it's okay. We were notified last week that our dad is getting married um in a couple short months. And um when I say that like man God like they're going to be like, oh, wow. Like, I'm not alone. Oh, wow. Like, it's not just my responses that suck sometimes. It's not just me that, you know, um, responds in ways that I, that I don't necessarily want to all the time or whatever, but like, you know, it was difficult. It was a difficult thing to learn. It was a difficult thing to not necessarily be like super included in the process and, and all of that. But, um, like, I can honestly say that, like, it's really, really important. And we and I feel like Jazz and I, t- we talk about this a lot, like, the importance of having community. And in and, and our situation, the last week has been, like, our siblings, like, leaning into relationship 
with our siblings and friendship with our siblings. I know when we first found out that was what we all kind of did, we just kind of gravitated to each other and, you know, checked on each other and stuff like that. Then I think all of us had to kind of go like to ourselves and kind of sit in those emotions and process with, with whoever we felt safe to process with. Um, If that was the Lord, if it was ourselves in our journal, if it was a trusted friend or whatever the case may be. But yeah, it was definitely difficult and definitely hard. And it's definitely transition and it's definitely change. And I think that with that, we know that grief comes, right? And so it's been it's been an interesting couple of weeks. So do you want to chime in at all on that? Or? Yeah, I can. Um, yeah, I'm still processing. Yeah. I'm still in transition. For me, leaning in looked a little bit different mm-hmm. than uh, what you spoke about. I think that I had a different layer to plow through mm-hmm. when it came to navigating the news. Mm-hmm. And so not holding you all responsible for plowing through that plight with me, of that additional dynamic that I had to work through was challenging Mm. because I wanted people to see my perspective. I wanted them to understand. And sometimes when you don't, you haven't lived that to the degree you can't. And so I had to (laughs) find other, other safe spaces to, um, I could process as a sibling, but I I needed to process differently as well. Mm -hmm. And so finding those other spaces where I could just give the real about how I felt without burdening you all or expecting you to fully understand that dynamic was a little bit challenging because I felt like everybody was in a different space than I was in and processing differently. And I remember that <laughs> I was talking to one of my friends and I was just like, and they're all cool. Like they're, they're, <laughs> they've shared, <laughs> they've shared their thoughts about the method and the process. And they're just like, but we love you and we're excited. And I'm just like, miss me with all of that. And so I was just in a different place because of that. And so I felt alone. Mm. And I remember calling my pastor and saying, like, I feel alone in this. Mm. Um, And I really didn't know how to not feel alone. Um, Mm. And really trying to think level-headed as a daughter, be submitted to God and Christ and, and Holy Spirit in this and still process in a healthy way. And it it was just really challenging, really challenging. So I reached out to some of my church fam, shout out to TGS. And I just, I just opened up to them about it. I think like day two. And I was just like, listen, this is where I'm at. And I need y'all to pray. I need y'all to pray. And I think one of, one of my brothers responded, they all responded, but one of my brothers responded and said, thank you for trusting us with this. And thank you for trusting us to pray for you. And that stood out to me because in his response, I realized that normally Jazz will hold this in Mm -hmm. and normally Jazz won't share and normally Jazz won't go to the spaces that God has like literally provided for me to share and to touch and to, uh, to let people in in a certain degree, I'll hold it to those that have been walking with me Mm. for years. Mm. Um, I'll hold it to certain circles, but I was just like anybody, well, not anybody, let me not say that, but (laughs) those who I know (laughs) who can pray and those who I know love me and can stand with me in this moment, I reached out to them and I felt their prayers and I felt them not needing to know the ins and outs of everything, but understanding the the depth of where I was and where all of us were at. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't just asking them. I literally, <laughs> I literally called y'all out by name. I was like, I'm not just asking for my siblings. Like I named y'all yeah. by name because I wanted them to have the right people yes. <laughs> that needed the prayer, right? Um, because I was just like, we need this. We need prayer because we're all in different spaces. But yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was trifling. Yeah. Like, it was trifling, um, <laughs> but it was, but God was there in the midst of it. 
and has been and is. And I remember telling someone, I'm like, there's no way that I'm showing up to work and still doing what I need to do and still loving and still, you know, walking through life without the Lord in this. I'm just, I'm grateful for the different spaces that were available to me and that I was able to take advantage of in the midst of this transition for us all. Yeah. No. And I think that that's, that it's powerful because what do you, what do you do when you have people in your life that have historically, you know, been your safe space and have historically been the the people that you share and you open up with. And what do you do in situations where, you know, those same people, for whatever reason, in our case, we were all in different places, but they're not necessarily the ones that you can process with or heal with in the moment, like in a specific situation like this. And so I think that's really powerful for people to hear that, you know, you can have trusted voices and trusted community and people that you normally are used to walking through these tough experiences with, but at times they still might not be appropriate in the moment. And that's okay. It's okay. And I know that there's sometimes like, not even right now, but like other times in life where I'd be like, well, you didn't feel safe to talk to me. And you didn't, I mean, you didn't think that you could work through that with me. And like, you know, we get like very self-centered about things like that. Like we take offense to the fact that like someone didn't see us as a safe space, but in reality, like we need to like understand that like one, that's okay. But then two, Holy Spirit helped me see me and why, why didn't Jazz feel safe to process through the real, like with me. And, and if there's a reason or if there's something like in us that we could have done differently or we could have whatever, acknowledging that and, you know, whatever. Um, so I'm going to do that right now because I feel led to do that. But I just want to apologize to you because I think out of all of our siblings, I probably had the most insight into where you are and the most information and the most exposure to the different layers that this was affecting and impacting. And even with that knowledge, I felt like I wasn't there and I didn't hold space for you to be where you were in your process. And I want to say that I'm sorry for that, for not being there and not being safe for you to be in process where you were and not calling you to be where I was, but allowing you to be where you were and letting you know that it was okay. I'm sorry. Thank you. Um, yeah. And I think too, like, I appreciate your apology so much more because I think we've really seen the, the struggle of that this week and having to take moments and pause and be like, all right. And then come back together. But I also have been asking myself that same question. Why didn't I? And being able to know that for myself and then eventually share that. And I think we had that conversation, if not yesterday, the day before, where it was like, you know, this is how I feel. And this is what I keep feeling like I'm experiencing and being able to take responsibility for what I feel and name that, right? And not just leave it out in the air. There's something, but I don't know what it is. Um, And so there was work that I had to do to figure out why I felt the way that I felt. And then to communicate that with you yeah. um, through the help of. <laughs> I was just about to say, listen, because <laughs> your girl still wasn't getting it. I was like, I was like, I don't understand, you know, why, why you're upset. <laughs> but I was just about to shout out my lovely husband. Y'all listen. Yes. Listen, David is a gift, man. He is such a Yes. But um, we were in the car and Jazz, just for context, Jazzy was trying to communicate to me that I just, I wasn't, sis wasn't getting it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and David just looked at me and he, and it's so like, he's so loving because he didn't, 
he didn't butt in and like let Jasmine know that he was correcting me. And I, I so loved did. him for this, but he looked, he grabbed my leg and we were in the car and he looked over at me and he mouthed, you're not listening. <laughs> and I said, what? <laughs> and he looked at me again and he said, you're not listening to her. And I said, <gasps> and I said, David said that, he feels like I'm not listening to you and I'm not giving you space to, and I was like, is that it? And she was like, very much so. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, (laughs) yes. I was going to say like, thank God for community. Thank God Mm -hmm. for people in our life that can with, with loving kindness, have I drawn thee, like can literally Mm -hmm. say, Mm -hmm. you're not listening. Mm-hmm. You need to call back and apologize. Mm-hmm. You need to fix your attitude. <laughs> like mm-hmm. those quick, loving corrections. Like, thank God for people in our life that love us enough to like, and we talked about this in our last episode with correction being honor. David loves you. Like he loves you. And as his wife, like he's just like, if you wrong, you wrong. And I'm going to tell you wrong. If you right, you right. Like he was, he was upset with, with his father-in-law's um, <laughs> a couple of days. Um, but like that's, and that's just the beauty of community. And it's the beauty of having people in our lives that are going to champion us when we're right, but are going to call us out and when we're wrong. And with, mm-hmm. with the help of David, I was able to see that simple fact is Cut all the other crap out. You're not listening to your sister. She's trying to communicate something to you and you are, you're not listening. And yeah, <laughs> that's great. No, but that's real. Like it's crazy, but it's real because how many times do we have conversations and, and not just between us, but people have conversations and, you know, good intent and trying to understand and it's it goes back to listening like active listening is not a skill that Mm -hmm. people come into the world with it is something that you have to learn about cultivate relearn apply to a correct situation like there's Mm -hmm. so many different elements and factors that go into active listening that I think a lot of times we we think oh well I listen to them but were you actively paying attention to what they said or were you cultivating your response to what they were saying while they were speaking? And like, none of us are exempt from that. Like I find myself even in my profession or both sides of it, like I was like, mm, I had a question ready before they even finished because I was, <laughs> mm-hmm. I knew where this was going or I had, mm, I assumed that I knew where this was going. And so out of my assumption, I began to prepare myself for what was going to come next. But had I not done that and just been active in the moment and listening to what they had to say, I probably wouldn't have asked that same question. I probably wouldn't have said that same thing. And so, yeah, active listening is is key in relationships. It's key in, in living. It's key in it's even key in our relationship with Christ because how many times does he speak or does he reveal something to us and we just like, well, he said this. Okay. But like, what does that mean? And sometimes you won't, you know, we often Listen. talk about, oh, we, don't, we won't understand God, but I'm a friend, right? I'm a friend of the, of the Lord and I'm, and I'm a, I'm a daughter of him. And so I, yeah. in relationship, I can understand him. I can and really making sure that sometimes I need to come back and say, okay, I heard this, but is this truly what you said? Or is this truly what you meant to say? And just being able to have those types of conversations because our act of listening, be, it'd be wonky sometimes. And then even like, and we talked about this in one of the other episodes, I think about thoughts, but even, you know, okay, I heard this, but God, is this you? Like, Dad, is this you speaking and being able to like decipher and examine what you heard to identify if that's the voice of your father? Is it the character of your dad? Is it is it a friend speaking? Is it accusatory or critical? Does it bring shame or fear? You know, really looking at 
what I'm hearing and is that aligned with with who my father is, who my friend is, who the righteous judge is even. Because even if God is issuing something of judgment, there'll be tender love behind it. Um, I can remember last year I had, it shook me to my core, had a vision. Uh, I don't even know why I was asleep. It was like daytime, but well, uh, I'm taking a nappy nap. I was taking a nappy nap, <laughs> but I remember uh, having this vision um, and in the vision, there was a woman that was like, there was a long trail of people standing far as my eye could see. There were people. And this woman was like walking up towards me, like towards all of us. But she was every time, every so often she would stop and she would open up like this booklet or whatever. And it was almost like she had specific instructions for specific people or specific groups of people that were in the line. And she got a little bit closer to where I was so I could visibly see her feature, her facial features and everything. And she opened up the book one more time and I heard repent of rebellion. And then the it like the vision like looped three times. And every time she opened it up and she said, repent of rebellion. And it would loop. Repent of rebellion. And that's all I heard. And I literally woke up out of that and like immediately was like and went into like full-blown like repentance and prayer, like asking the Lord, like for and he began to reveal like different areas in my life that I had rebelled from him. And I think in the in the time that I was crying out to him and praying and repenting and all that, there was also like a gratefulness because like you love me enough, like before you have to like, before you got to take this to another level, like you sent a word to me um, through this vision, you sent an instruction to me. And even in the judgment of God, even when he's having to convict or, or issue a correction or something like that, like there's still kindness and love behind it. And I, we talked about this in the correction episode we did last time about God literally chastising those that he loves, those that are his His children, his sons and daughters, the same way. You know, I had to get Mr. Liam yesterday. That brother was tripping and we had to, to discipline him. We had to sit in time out for a little bit of time. And he was doing something that was going to be uber harmful to his whole life. And he would not listen. We kept telling him to stop. We kept telling him whatever. And we had to put him in time out. But like we chastise because we love and because we know, and a lot of times God knows the the path that we're on and whatever it is that we're doing is going to lead to ultimate destruction. It's going to lead to us getting into something that maybe we're not prepared for, we don't have the skills to get out of or whatever the case may be. Um, but he chastises because he loves and he convicts and corrects and gets us together because he loves us. And yeah, I don't even know. How did I get there? But girl, I don't know, but it was good. <laughs> um, it was good. Yeah, no, I agree. Like it's definitely a demonstration of God's love to us when he sends those warnings or he sends that correction or he sends that where he knows just what to send to get your attention. Mm-hmm. He's God. He created you. He created us. He loves us. He knows us in and out. And so he knows exactly what it takes to wake us up and to shake us up. Um, and it's definitely, definitely his love, but it's also his grace too. Mm-hmm. It's also his grace. And I think that that's what, where that gratefulness comes for me. It's the combination of those those two things, love and grace, because truth and grace, yeah. That yeah, it's like you you love me so deeply mm. that instead of allowing me to destroy myself and to get to a place where you said you may never know if you can come back from before we even get to that that part of the cliff, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. I'm going to step in and I'm going to say something because I didn't just save you in salvation. I'm continuing to save you from yourself or the rest of the days of your life. And like when we understand that piece of it, it's I think 
it just breaks down this this wall like that you're that when you said you were with me for the rest of my life for everlasting that your love was continual and everlasting like that nothing could separate us from your love that wasn't just a feeling that wasn't just word service or lip service it was something that you meant and that you were going to act out and i think that when we understand that piece of it it helps us to eliminate those barriers that we may feel like we have between God or God has between us that are not real, or Mm -hmm. it helps us in our relationships and living in this earth as human beings, right? Because sometimes we forget that when people do come with correction, that it is a loving thing. It is a, it is a gesture of love and, and, and a demonstration of the love of Christ that's inside of us. And sometimes it doesn't feel good, but I love you too much, right? That was what we said in the last episode. I love you too much to not say something. I love you too much to not call you out or call you in, In. right? Um, And and I love you too much to allow you to just continue to show up (laughs) and be who you've been being. Be raggedy. (laughs) When I know you can be better. When I know you, there's better in you. And I know that you deserve to exemplify better and and allow that to be shown to the world. Yeah. So yeah, it's just, it's a calling out. It's a calling in. It's a correction, but it's, it comes from the foundation of truth, love, and grace. Yeah. And it's so funny as you were going into that and breaking that down, I was even reminded David and I uh, started reading this book operating in the courts of heaven. And there is a, a passage in there, a chapter in there about learning to see God as friend and the benefits that we have when we understand that we are friends of God. And it talked about how the Lord came before Abraham and kind of shared with him that he was what his plans were for the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham really had to like, because he was a friend of God and because he had the relationship that he had with the Lord, he was able to like step into a place with him where he was like, well, wait a minute, you, you wouldn't get rid of like all the righteous people and the wicked people in the same breath, like in the same situation, because you know, what sense would that make Lord? And he didn't say it like that. That's disrespectful. But he came to him and like really said like, Hey, wait a minute. I, I see that they're doing all types of ratchet things over there, but like, wait a minute, like, let's think about this. Um, and he was able to come to God and they went down this long thing. Well, what if there's 40 people? What if there's 30 righteous? What if there's 10 righteous? When they finally settled on a number or whatever, and the Lord said, okay, if I can find this many people, then I won't, I won't destroy it. Okay. But the point is, is that Abraham was able, I think at one point he even said, and I forget the the verse or whatever, but he even like kind of like reminded him who he was and reminded him that like you, you far be it from you. I think he said that you would do this, that you would get rid of the righteous and the, and the wicked together or whatever, and not like save the righteous or whatever. And he's basically reminding God who he was and reminding God that like the whole world is watching like this is this is something like he was almost like holding him to his greatness which we talked about before of like wait a minute like and he was able to do that because of the friendship that he had with the Lord and the relationship that he had with God he was able to even even God was able to acknowledge and hear from a friend so I don't know it was just really cool that's powerful like even God was able to acknowledge and hear from a friend. <laughs> like, what? Um, who are we? <laughs> In the words of our brother uh, Caldwell, who is me? Who so, is me to judge? <laughs> who is me to judge? Okay. No, that's good. That's so, so good. I was even thinking too, and I think this is a little bit earlier, we were talking about our thoughts and like recognizing, is it coming from God? Is it coming from a friend? Is it coming from a father? Is it coming 
Or is it coming in the things that he said are not our portion? Shame is not our portion. You know, disgrace is not our portion. All of these things. So like, who's speaking to you? And I thought about 2 Corinthians. Uh, oh, Lord, I don't be quoting scriptures like this because I don't be remembering the verses. But when it talks about taking every thought captive and submitting it to the obedience of Christ, but literally taking every thought. And I think that that's something that has been a newer a newer revelation for me. It's yes. not just the negative, the negative thought. And newer, like in the last six, six, seven months. But like, mm-hmm. it's not just the the negative thoughts that I need to take captive. But it's the it's the positive ones. It's the ones that get me to smile. It's the ones that I'm like, ooh, that was good. I still need to take them and submit it to the obedience of Christ. And it and it just um, re-emphasized for me like it's easier to filter the voice of God when you know the heart of God. Mm-hmm. It's easier when you know his character, when you know how he how he operates, right? God is God <laughs> for sure. But like when you know him and you are in relationship with him, it's easier to filter what he's saying and filter what is being spoken in a healthy way mm-hmm. versus because we do a lot of filtering anyways, but is mm-hmm. it always healthy? Is it always accurate? Is it always correct? Is it always in the right context? Mm-hmm. But it can be easier when you know the heart of God and you can stand there and say, mm, this doesn't sound like something that lines up with God's heart or his or his word or my experience or the encounters that I've had with God. Mm-hmm. Like this doesn't really line up with that. And so now I need to really sit and and dig a little bit deeper as to where is this coming from? And, and sometimes God will allow those thoughts to come to you anyways, so that you will pause. Mm-hmm. And so that you will dig a little bit deeper so that you can yank up the root of, of these thoughts that are diminishing your identity or diminishing your the way that you um, see yourself or the way that you feel like you are loved or the value that you have because you are a child of God. And so he's very intentional in that way. And I just thought about that, like the filtering process is a lot smoother and different when you know and understand the heart of God. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think there's a scripture that says like, like basically my, my children, my sheep, they know, we know the voice. Um, we know, yeah. we know his voice. And um, I remember a couple of years ago, I did a video and I was just talking about being in, you know, a crowded grocery store or a crowded stadium or something. And I can hear children or even men calling out for their wives or calling babe or children saying, mom, mommy or whatever. And out of so many children, if Liam was in there and his voice was in there saying, mommy, mom, I would know the voice of my Liam. I would know the voice of my baby. And that is exactly how it should be with the Lord. Like we should have such relationship with him and such a revelation of his heart, like you said, and his character and his qualities that whether it's a positive thought or a negative thought or a challenging thought or whatever, we should be able to decipher his voice. We should be able to hear the intricacies of what's being said and say, that's my dad. That's my father. And that, yeah, we should just be able to do that. And also, like you mentioned, the scripture about taking thoughts captive and making them align, making them obedient to Christ. Like that, I remember when I got that revelation that this is every thought. That's what it says. Take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Like the thoughts that, because somebody can be like, well, what's a thought? Somebody would be like, you know, um, what's a big one that people say like, oh, follow your heart. Mm, Like mm -hmm. it's on journals, it's on pens, it's on people got quotes. They'd be telling people like, hey, you just follow your heart. Um, But the, but the Bible says, The Bible says that our heart's deceitful and it instructs us not to follow our heart until I think you helped me see this too one time when we were talking about this, but until we bring our heart and mind and stuff into submission and submission to the Holy Spirit and submission to the Lord. And we are, we can ensure that, you know, like we are filled with the spirit of God and all of that, like we can't trust our heart. When you do those things um, and you're living in the spirit every day and you're renewing your mind every day and all of that, then you might be able to trust um, 
But a lot of times you still have to take the thoughts captive. We still have to make it obedient to Christ and and Mm -hmm. look and inspect the thought and inspect uh, what's being said, even from other people, what's being spoken to us. We should be able to like take what we know about the word of God and, and decipher like, okay, is this an accurate thing that I need to focus on? Or is this just, is somebody just giving me lip service? Is somebody just telling me what they think? Or does this align with the word of God? And that's just really important. Mm. That's good. Your story about Liam made me think back when we were living in Jeffer Turkey. Jeffer Turkey. And we were at the local discount drug mart drug and mart who lord that story the mart of the drug okay oh wow not the mart of the drug though okay (laughs) (laughs) i wonder how they came up with their name though because ain't nothing in discounted drug mart discounted it's actually it is a drug mart though it is pretty it's like a pharmacy no, they do. I just, the, it's called the discount. Discount drug mark. Drug mark. Discount drug mark says you're run around. We got wow. everything you need. That is, that is the song. That is the song. Okay. Um, I had to get that out. <laughs> I, I see. I see. And you did. And you did. And did. But I remember I was in the store with dad. And for some reason, I was in one section and he was in the another section. And, you know, we moved when I was probably, like, 11th grade. So I wasn't no, like, little kid or whatever. But I was trying to find him through all the 16 to 24 aisles of the store. And dad has a way of, like, twirling his keys when he walks. There's this, like, skip that he has with his keys when he's walking down an aisle. And I was looking I was looking for that sound because I knew that if I found that sound, I would find my dad. Like I couldn't hear his footsteps. Ooh. I couldn't, I couldn't like, you know, he, he didn't always wear like the same cologne. So like I, I couldn't find him in those other ways. But if I knew that I had honed in on what the keys, I knew I would find him. And I think he was in the sherbet aisle or something like that, getting some ice cream or whatever. <laughs> And I just kept looking. I kept, I felt like I was getting closer and closer to the key sound because I had recognized, I had learned, like, this is how he twirls his key. Like, and it's not a twirl. Maybe I need another word, but, <laughs> but like, I was like, he, not the twirl. <laughs> he tosses his keys mm-hmm. when he walks and, and he tosses them in his pockets. I gotcha. And, and I just kept following the sound. And lo and behold, I found my dad mm-hmm. in the sherbet aisle. Um, getting some ice cream for the house and I was just like oh I couldn't find you but I I knew I would hear your keys because you walk and toss your keys in your pocket Mm -hmm. and that's how I found him and it just like I don't know that that came to my mind when you were talking about Liam being in a crowd of people um just like when Mary touched Jesus Mm -hmm. uh he was like (laughs) virtue has left me (laughs) right who touched me who touched me because there were there were people around him Mm -hmm. but he knew each and every individual one of his children right he knew he knew who they were he knows us he knows everything about us and so when we step to the plate and we open up our mouths, God is like, oh, yeah, my child, <laughs> I know you. Yeah, come and here. And so it was just, Come yeah, here, girl. Come here. Oh, oh Lord, my I just thought of a song. I just, that, yeah, there was that, uh, the real, that's what I got it from. And I was like, oh. Yeah, we can't say that one. But uh, Not I on def- here. My not on here. Up there, though, when I get off, be like, come here, boy. No, okay, but anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, that's so real. You said something, I'm a piggyback. You said something, you said, if I, I, I don't know if you said, if I followed the sound, I knew that if I followed the sound, I would get to my dad or if I, mm-hmm. if I mm-hmm. something about the sound and, and getting to your dad and that, that hit me. I was like, oh, that's ooh. good. Yeah. Um, but also with the example that you gave of the woman with the issue of blood, like, Jesus did say, he said, who touched me? I think one of the disciples was like, uh, Rabbi, like people is grabbing on you all around. Like you don't see these people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like we all touching you, brother. And he was like, no, 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 no. Virtue left me. Mm -hmm. Who touched me? And I just think that that that's so powerful because there's something that happens. Like when we call out to him, when we, pursue him when we seek his his face when we do all these things 
there's actually the scripture that says, if my people who are um, who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and heal their land. Mm-hmm. And like, there's that, those are keys. Like, I feel like sometimes we don't like, we don't realize like that these promises and some of these things are conditional. I wasn't even going here, but that some of these things are conditional and they are whatever, but there's, there's something in, in the, the humbling. There's something in the seeking of God. There's something in the turning away from, from wicked ways or whatever. There's something in all of these different things that he's saying, when you do this, I'm going to hear from heaven. I'm going to heal your land and I'm going to heal. And he was talking very like specifically <laughs> to the Israelites, I believe, but like it applies today too. It applies today. Like, what is it in our life that we are bringing before him? Is it our family? Is it the land of um, our our children, the land of our workplaces, our, our businesses, our communities, the the territory that he's called us to, the, the, the our places. families? Yeah, our families. How many times have we prayed for generational curses to be broken? How many times have we prophesied that we are generational bloodline breakers, right? Mm -hmm. How many times have we partnered with that, that like, we know that we are the Moses. I think somebody prophesied that to you, that you are the Moses of your family. How many times have we understood that there's a, there's a breaking that has to be done and God's like, okay, like that land that you that you're trying to get me to come heal and you're trying to get me to come whatever there's a formula right here for you it's not a formula but this is what i said will you humble yourself will you pray will you seek my face will you turn away from your wicked ways will you do all of these things because when you do that my promise is, is that i'll hear from heaven and i'll heal your land mm-hmm. and i'm thinking about even this situation with family and not even this one is we have so many, you know, family situations. <laughs> like we can have a podcast episode for each. Um, however, but like there's get so ready many, cousins, get ready. Right. There's so many different situations where it's like, where it's like, if, if you would humble yourself in the process, if you would come before God and seek the face of God and like do all the, and we're seeing that even in this situation, there was humility. Like that takes a level of humility to say, hey, I wasn't there for you like I needed to be there for you and I'm sorry. But there's a level of humility that it takes um, in order to even get through some of these situations that we got, you know, <laughs> here in family and in friendship and, and relationship and stuff. So I think it's powerful. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. As you were just talking, I was thinking about the wounded healer heals. And it's twofold. I think a lot of times we get that word, like, yes, I got that word when I was a sophomore in college that I was the Moses of our family. But before I could go and be Moses, I had to experience the things that Moses experienced. And Mm. a part of that was his healing. And a part of that was before he could be a deliverer, he had to be delivered. And so I think when I just heard the wounded healer heals, is twofold. You must heal first internally and allow God to do that processing in you. And then you can go, therefore go into the land and heal. You can then therefore go into your family and heal. You can then therefore go into community and your job and the relationships and the responsibilities and the roles and the positions that you play in life and be who you have been called to be. But you first must do the work. And I think about the... I think about like even my process to to becoming a therapist, a lot of people were like, well, why did you go to seminary and all this other stuff? And I was like, it wasn't about seminary. I needed a space where I could, where I was going to be challenged to heal and I was going to be encouraged to heal because I wasn't going to be sent out into the world to heal others and to bring healing to other people, not having done the work that I needed to do within myself. And that's why I chose the school that I went to. And granted, I learned so much about myself and so much about the Lord in that process. But like, it was a twofold decision for me. It was me becoming so that I could be, but also being so that I could become at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so literally like, the wounded healer heals internally, themselves first, um, with the with through the power of God, 
and through the process that God sends them on, but so that they can then therefore go out and be the healer that they were called and cultivated to be. And I think about even in our own family, like I was one of the one of the first peoples in our in our immediate family to be like, yeah, I am in counseling. Yeah. Not <laughs> not because of any other reason that then I need to, I need to work through some stuff, but I'm in counseling. And mm-hmm. now years later, I can say like that first step and, you know, making that first step for myself has continued to challenge others and encourage others rather to do that same work. And I I think of cousins who have gone to counseling. I think of my siblings who are considering or are in counseling now and like friends mm-hmm. that have tried counseling. And, and so just knowing that by me being intentional about my pursuit of becoming the healer that I was called to be and -hmm. the deliverer that I was called to be and going through my process, I've also opened up the door for others to step in and to break down that barrier for them as well. Mm -hmm. No, that is so good. Like, I feel like we don't talk about that enough. Like everybody wants to be like, I'm called deliverance ministry. I'm called. And and yes, boo, we are. We are. In that voice though. Sorry, the word says, (laughs) the word says, like, I I have been made, like, to proclaim the good news, like, to set people captive or free from captivity. Like, we are called to heal the sick, to to raise the dead. Like, we're called for all of that. So deliverance is the children's bread, okay? But baby... It has got to start with you, okay? Mm. And I'm that's something that I have even had to walk through myself. Like I remember last June, in one of the biggest tr- transitions of my life, the Lord spoke to me in prayer and just like a lot, like just laid it all out for me. But the biggest takeaway from it was that like, I am trying to do something in you and I want to change you from the inside out. Like I want to change you. You will be a deliverer of your family and your children and your children's children, a deliverer, like that was repeated, that's coming. But before we get there, like you have to be delivered. You have to be set free. You have to, you have to allow me to mold and shape you. You have to let me be the potter of your life and shape and mold you and transform you and change you and form you into what I have called and created you to be. And that is a conversation. We could do a whole episode on, on that, you know, because everybody, and it's not about like getting to a place of perfection because I don't, I don't transcribe to that, that you need to be out here perfect and and whatever in order to be used by God. That's a lie from the pits of hell. However, um, there is internal work because what happens is we get into spaces and places and because we are not healed and because we are not uh, delivered, we haven't experienced the work of the spirit of God cutting and cleansing some things out of us and drying some false mindsets and false doctrine and all these different things and falsities out of our minds. Like we go into spaces and places and community and jobs and environments. And even in our homes, we go into these places and we bring infection and we bleed Mm. and we, we, we cause people that are already sick to become sicker. And and, and we don't, we are not walking in the deliverance that we are really called to walk in as far as being a deliverer through Jesus. Like we're not able to even do that. We end up doing more harm than good because we have not yielded ourselves to the healing. Um, We have not yielded ourselves to becoming free ourselves before we try to set the captives free. Um, And so like, that's just so good. I loved how you broke that down. Ooh, and then you came through and sliced up. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, Lord. Break it down. Uh, Slice uh, it up. Uh, hey. Break it down. Uh, uh, break it down. Slice it up. Slice it up. Yeah. Okay. Got to be delivered. Mm. Got to be free, okay? Got to be delivered and free. Can you imagine somebody like... I can't actually, I just thought, can you imagine somebody like with like heavy weights and stuff around their ankles and they chained up somewhere and they trying like, I'm just, you see me stretching my arm out. Cause I'm mm-hmm. imagining I'm chained and I'm, 
I'm in captivity and I'm bogged down and and whatever. And I'm trying to use my one little pinky finger to go get the, the thing and free you. And I'm sitting up here stuck in bondage, my doggone self. Like what? Not the pinky finger, Lord. Hammer. Look but at people, it. You people. see, I'm just one finger. Everything else in bondage. I'm sitting up here trying to use this and maneuver this to get you free, and I'm over here stuck. But it's never going to be able to happen because you you need your other fingers in order for your pinky to properly work. So. While the rest of the things is in captivity and bound up, you trying to make something happen with your pinky, and it's not—it's not possible. It's not possible. Like it's never going to work until you get free. Like it's That's never sad. going to work until all of you has the mobility that it was created to have in order to do what it was created to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that's so good. So yeah. good. We're gonna have to do another episode. Break that down. Mm-hmm. But um, listen, y'all, this was great. Y'all tell you something. We yielded this one to the Holy Spirit because so did. we was like, I ain't got nothing. <laughs> Show <laughs> this. I don't have it today. Thanks. Um, Y'all thanks. was going to be like, what is going on? What's going on with Jewel and Jess? <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you, Holy Spirit, because my yeah. God. Um, yeah. But that's good, though, because there's a scripture. I think I when I was praying earlier, when we don't know what to say, like he'll give us the words to say. And so uh, we pray that something that was said today uh, spoke to your heart, blessed you, challenged you, encouraged you, whatever, like whatever was the result <laughs> of the words. Like we just pray that um, that it spoke to you. And so, yeah. Uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening and tuning in. I was went to dinner with somebody last night with a cousin, and she was like, I've watched every episode. I've seen you guys are doing so good. And um, that just, it blesses us. We do this because we we really wanted to cultivate a safe space for people to just know that like you're not alone and to learn how to be vulnerable and learn how to have honest conversation and how to laugh and how to joke and, and just be sons and daughters of the most high uh, with real lives. Like it's mm-hmm. about the intersectionality mm-hmm. of life and faith. And so uh, we just pray that you are continually blessed through this podcast. And yeah, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Yeah. And um, I'm just going to piggyback off of what you said. It does bless us so much. We bring, we try to bring our authentic selves and real life to this podcast. And so as you're listening, please, please, please feel free and comfortable to share with us how this is blessing you, whether that's a Facebook comment, a post, or you can make uh, comments on the whatever platform you're listening to, like, but please let us know how this is ministering to you, how this is touching you, how this is um, challenging you. I, I'm amazed at the the text messages that I do get about like, ooh, that stung or ooh, that hit me and it's making me think a little bit more. And so we really do appreciate hearing those stories because those are testaments of what God is doing in us and um, it's testimonies of his yes um, to us and our yes to him. And so please make sure that you are sharing with us so that we can celebrate with you um, so that we can continue to pray for you intentionally and that we can walk this journey out together because this is literally this how you doing and it's not just for the sisters it's for everybody but we are sisters biological sisters as yes we are yes blood blood sisters Mm -hmm. hallelujah (laughs) all right y'all we'll have an amazing uh, couple of weeks we will see you guys in two weeks and we love you love y'all bye